Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. There is another dimension of grace that God is taking you to that will release you from where you are and bring you up even higher. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Today we're going to speak from the subject of Walk Tall, Part 4. Subtitled, The Third Dimension of Grace. The Third Dimension of Grace. Let me tell you now that God wants you, he wants us to step out, to step up, and to step in to the third dimension. Say with me, God wants me to step out, step up, and step in to the third dimension of grace. I want to begin today honoring my spiritual father, Bishop Dale C. Bronner, with just about six of his quotes as it relates to as it relates to um, the topic or the message that the Lord has given us today. I, I definitely honor my spiritual father. And I'm telling you, in this hour, it is a blessing uh, to have a spiritual father, someone that can be a mentor to you, someone that can speak into your life. The Bible is very clear that in order to be in authority, you must be under authority. I thank God that I am not an illegitimate child. Amen. But I honor and I honor my my spiritual father, and I, and and in this hour of that everyone where everyone wants to just go out and do things their own way, some just don't want to be submitted to anybody. Can the church say amen to that? Everybody knows what they want to do. And nobody wants to be submitted or don't want to be accountable. But I thank God for someone. And I pray that all of you have someone that, that can mentor you in the faith. Someone that can speak into your life. That's a blessing to have that. In a day and an hour that a, that a lot of people, are, unfortunately, there are a lot of churches where some church members just can't believe in their pastor. They, they've seen a lot. They've been heard. And, and walls have gone up in their own lives. And they just don't have anyone that can speak into their lives, anyone that they can honor to speak a word into their lives. To those individuals, we pray for you. We pray that your heart will be healed and that the Lord would show you who your mentor is, who your spiritual father is, someone that can relate to you and that can speak a word into your life, that you be not an illegitimate child. And I'm not going to say that fancy word that goes along with that. That you be not an illegitimate child, but that you can be under authority. Amen? Some say, well... I got God. I, he's my authority, and I, I'm under God. But
but you ignore Moses, you ignore the apostles. You know, that's what they said back there in the Old Testament. Uh, the children of Israel in the wilderness, they said, well, we, we got God. Who are you, Moses? Well, Moses was just God's representative. <laughs> are you with me? To ignore God's representative and say you got God, you really don't have him at all. Let me tell you that now. You can't step over God's representative and, and just go straight to the Lord, especially when God sets individuals in place. Amen, amen, and amen. But let me go on. Let me give you these six wonderful keys uh, that my bishop has given to me. First one is this. We learn practic practically nothing from a victory. All our information comes from defeat. A winner forgets most of his mistakes. What we are learning from, rather, what are you learning? What are you learning from your defeats? How are you recording it so that others can benefit from it? A winner, you know, we, we learn a little bit, just practically nothing from our victories, but from our defeats, we can learn a lot. When people come to me and tell me, oh, how great the video is or how great our editing is or how great our website is or how great our media department is, guess what? There's a whole lot of defeats in there. I messed up a whole lot of times. I called tech support a whole lot, man. Let me tell you that now. I studied and researched and I fail and fail and fail. But with every failure, I learned how to do it better. And I got stronger, and I got stronger, and better and better. With every mistake, I found out how to do it better. So some people may covet the way some of you sing, may covet the way you, some of you preach or act, and they want what you have, but they don't want to go through what you went through in order to get it. So we can learn from victories, and we do. I learn from doing things right, but I learn more when I've done some things that were wrong. I've learned more from my mistakes. Are you with me? Let me give you uh, just a couple more. What God has for you must be pursued. If you have no hunger for it, you won't get it. God will only prosper what you are willing to do. Most times when you're waiting on God, God is actually waiting on you. Let me say that again. What God has for you must be pursued. Don't expect it to happen just automatically. You got to go after it. You got to go after it. Let me give this third and final quote for right now. And this really relates to today. Don't despair that you can't immediately make everything better. You can always make one thing better. Then you can continue that momentum, making another improvement, and another, and another. You can start right now. Even one little success is empowering. It points you in a uh, decisively positive direction. You already have everything necessary to start right now and create a continuous stream of value. Again, don't be upset that you can't make your whole life better. Start by making one thing better. There's something in your life right now that you can do better right now. Even as it relates to uh, our church building project, 
Well, if I can't, if we can't at this moment or don't have the ability to make the whole building manifest, well, what do we have the ability to do? Let us focus on that. And then these small victories will add up to great victories. Are you with me? Oh, that is wonderful. All right. I want you to see scripture here in the book of Matthew. We will really start here today because the Lord wants us to to step out, step up, and then we're going to step in into the third dimension of grace. And I'm going to explain that uh, to you. Matthew, the 22nd chapter, Matthew 22. And I'm going to read uh, verses 9 through 14. Matthew 22, verses 9 through 14. Now, the stage is set here where a king is going to have a wedding. And he has invited guests to come, and for some reason they decided they don't want to come. And uh, here we are in verse number 9, and he tells his servants what to do. Let's go and start verse 8, rather. It says, Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in thither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king unto the servants, unto the, the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For as for many are called, but few are chosen. Again, we're speaking from the message, uh, the third dimension. Now, let me show you here. We just read uh, verses 8 through 14. And there are a few key words here that I want to bring to your attention. Verse number 9, the Lord says here. Now, the Lord Jesus is using this, using this as a parable that, that will uh, show you some spiritual truth that if we take heed of it, it can really impact our lives for the better. Third dimension of grace. Look at verse 9. The Lord says, go into the highways. Now, we're going to notice the state, different states of people. Different states of people. It says, go into, the, go into the highways. So there were people that were in the highways or in the byways or among the hedges. There were street people. And there were uh, people that were business people. There were people doing other things. There were some good people and there were some bad people. Or we could say that there were some productive people or some unproductive people. There were some people that were useful, and there were some people that were used less, all laying alongside the highways, alongside the road. So that was their first condition. And we can say uh, that they were in the world, and the servants went out to find them. Their first condition was in the world, stage one, or dimension one, they're in the world. And then they brought those people into the wedding or into, we could say, into the church. Into the church. They all came in from the world, and they got dressed up in the church. Now, here's the second dimension. Now, please hear this. Most of the people that were sitting by the highways and byways, 
uh, would not have had wedding clothes, would not have had clothing that was suitable for a wedding. Some of them were homeless, possibly, and beggars and, and uh, prostitutes and, and just laborers. Didn't have it, didn't have expensive wedding garments. So when the servant went out, they had to get them from the streets and bring them in and provide them with a place to get clean, provide them with a place to wash. And after they washed, and some had to shave or even get their hair did, so to speak, hair and nails did, right? They had to get that so that they could be presentable at the wedding, right? Hallelujah. Some may have not have had a bath. It may be days or weeks. And you don't want to just sit that person right there next to you while you're trying to eat your steak or lamb chops, right? So they had to provide a place for them to get cleaned up, washed up, and then a place for them to also get dressed up. And this was the case for all of them, second dimension. So once we are removed from the world, we are brought into the church where we are cleaned up, where we are dressed up, in order to go to the third dimension that is to be presented before the king. Are you with me? Now, as we see here in Matthew 22, the guests are all there. The wedding is fully furnished. But there is someone uh, that does not have on the, the appropriate attire. Now, he had an opportunity to get it, but he refused the second dimension. He refused the second dimension of grace. Now understand, every dimension is grace. It was the grace of God, grace favor, or the, or the unmerited favor of God that pulled them from the streets into the church because none of them were worthy of it. First dimension, none of them were worthy to be called of God. Amen? None of them had done anything good enough. I didn't do, let me talk about me, I didn't do anything good enough to get in God's presence. I did not do anything at all that was good enough. It was by the grace of God. Even as Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. It is because of his grace that he has called me into his presence. It is because of his grace that he allowed me to get washed up, to get cleaned up, to get ready to stand into his presence. Are you with me? So every dimension is of grace. Grace to be called. Grace to get cleaned up. Grace to get washed up. Grace to get dressed up. To come and be presented in the third dimension before the Lord. So here was one gentleman that was not ready for the third dimension of grace. And he was bound and cast out. Now, here's a word for you. And I'll show you evidence of others. A lot, of, a lot of the church world is still stuck in the second dimension. They have come out of the streets, come out of the world. And they're stuck in a cleaning process. Ever cleaning, but never ready to be presented before the king. Always concentrating on, as you've heard Brother James say numerous times, always concentrating on how to get this out of their lives. And I got to clean myself up of that and, and this and that. They're always in the bathroom. I'm not sure if you know somebody who's always in the bathroom, always getting ready but never ready. I'm not looking at anybody. Always getting ready, but never ready. And that's the dimension that a lot of us are in. We're always getting ready. We're always finding something else out that's wrong. Always finding something out 
there's, there's some there's something in between our teeth there's another spot behind the ears that we didn't get to and we're right there in the mirror frustrated because we don't think that we are quite ready God is calling us to come out to step up and to step in to the third dimension because no matter how much cleaning you do of yourself you'll never be able to clean enough we're going to have to believe the Lord that through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we are made whole, we are made cleansed, and walk out of that environment by faith into the marriage of the Lamb. Walk into the third dimension of grace. Third dimension of grace. Now, in the scripture, the third dimension of grace runs throughout the entire Bible. I can show you several examples of the third dimension of grace. Every dimension goes higher and higher and higher. Well, in the beginning, uh, we could see the Father. He's the Father in creation. He created us. And He is the Son in redemption. He redeemed us. And He is the Holy Spirit in regeneration. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament... He was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three dimensions. Three dimensions. And even when he tells us to plant a seed, the Lord says that there will be seed time. He said there's a, a seed time and, and then there is harvest. Or so we can say that one man plants, another man waters, but it is God that gives the increase. Are you with me? Uh, the Lord Jesus said that you will receive your harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Even as it relates to salvation, he says that, that we ought to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus told us the way of salvation and the Great Commission. He told us that those that believe and are baptized shall be saved. One, two, three. He tells in Romans, the 10th chapter, uh, verse number 9, If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, thou shalt be saved. He tells us there in Acts, the second chapter, verse 38, he says, uh, they asked the men and brother, what shall we do to be saved? He said, well, you got to repent, you got to be baptized, and then you shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is all throughout the Word of God, the third dimension of grace. The Word of God is progressive. God never wants us just to stay at one dimension. But He has to call you up to the next one. He has to make you aware of the next dimension. And that's exactly what is happening right now. Because how can you believe for something that you have not heard? And, and how can you hear except God sends a preacher, someone that will proclaim to you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? That you do not have to remain in that condition. There, are, there is another dimension of grace that God is taking you to that will release you from where you are and bring you up even higher. There are even, we can say, there are three realities that we know of. One goes higher than the other. There is the reality of hell, then there is earth, and then there is heaven. One, two, three. It goes throughout the entire word of God. Are you with me? So we see here in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, that the Lord was illustrating to us the third dimension of grace. From the streets 
to the church, that is to the cleanup process, to be ready to be presented before the king. Which one are you in now? Are you perpetually cleaning but never believing that Jesus has finished the work? When, even when the prodigal son left home, he left, he went out in the world. He, that is, he, uh, he went in the world and, and he eventually repented. Second dimension of grace. Of course, it took grace for him to repent, to come to himself. And then it was a third dimension of grace for his father to receive him back and give him a robe and a ring and shoes. There's a third dimension of grace. He was never meant to stay at any dimension but to rise higher and higher and higher. And I'm telling you today that there is a way for you to be better and for your life to be better than what it is at this current moment. In the book, we can look at this. Let's look at um, Luke 16. Let me show you a few more things and then we're going to close out for today. Luke, the 16th chapter. Some of you know this very well. I'm going to read this to you out of the Amplified Bible. Luke 16, verses 19 through 21. You can make a note of it if you like. Out of the Amplified, it says this. There was a certain rich man who habitually clothed himself in purple and fine linen. And... And reveled and feasted and made merry in splendor every day. And at his gate there was carelessly dropped down and left a certain utterly destitute man named Lazarus, reduced to begging alms and covered with ulcerated sores. He eagerly desired to be satisfied with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs even came and licked his sores. Now listen to this. Life or situations may sometimes dump you off like yesterday's newspaper, like this man was. Somebody thought they were doing this man a favor by just dumping him, by carelessly dropping him at the door or at the gate of a rich man. Now this tells us by the way that he was carelessly dropped off or the way by, that he was dumped at the rich man's gate, this tells us that someone may have been frustrated with this beggar. Someone may have not wanted him begging at their gate or by their place of business or by their place of work. So they picked him up and they carried him to somewhere that maybe he could get some more help. Maybe he could be a nuisance at their gate and not one at this gate. Someone may have given him all that they had and couldn't give him any more. And so they removed him from where he was and made him someone else's problem. They dumped him off like trash in front of another man's gate. Are you with me? Now, the rich man did not have power to fix Lazarus. Understand something. The rich man did not have the power to fix Lazarus. Lazarus was sick. He was ill. He was, he was a beggar. There was something that was physically wrong with him. 
even if the rich man would have given him the crumbs from his table, that would only sustain him in that condition. That's all. All Lazarus was hoping for was some crumbs. The crumbs or the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. That's all he wanted. Something that would sustain him in his present condition. Something that would keep him in the second dimension. That's all he wanted. Something to keep me where I am. Just help me pay my light bill. Just help me pay my rent. Just help me, just help me get along, Lord. Just, just give me enough so that I can stay right here. He wasn't hoping to be healed. He wasn't hoping to be delivered. He was hoping for scraps. He didn't want to, and obviously he was a son of Abraham because when he died, he went to the bosom of Abraham. So obviously he was an Israelite, a child of God. So this child of God was only hoping for scraps. Was not hoping for more than enough. Was not lifting up the God of more than enough. Was not declaring that God was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord his provider, and that he had more than enough and that he could bring him out of the situation. All he wanted to do was to be sustained in the second dimension. Just receive scraps, just enough to make it by. Just enough for me, mine, no more. His situation was such, was such to uh, a degree that possibly he didn't believe anymore that anyone could truly help him out of that condition. How many of us today are just believing God every month just for enough? Just hoping for some scraps that comes from someone else's hard work and labor. Just give me some scraps, some leftovers. We're not depending on God anymore. We're just depending on other people to give to us. For someone else to pay the light bill. For someone else to pay our rent. And so we'll call from church to church or person to person and, and hopefully beg. And, and somebody will give me something that will help sustain my current lifestyle. But who's believing God for the third dimension? When you can rise up from that place and begin to be productive and give to others. Where we would leave the place of beggary and we come to a place of being, being more than a conqueror. Uh, we come to a place where we can give to others out of our abundance, out of our overflow. Are you stuck in the second dimension? Let's go to Acts the third chapter. Acts the third chapter. I want you to see something because some of us are, are stuck in the second dimension. And I say this respectfully. But some of us are stuck in the second dimension of disability checks. We get in our check. And really, for most people that are on disability checks, it's not enough. For most that are on Social Security, it's not enough. It's not enough. But we'll believe for those scraps every month and we'll be thankful for the scraps. And as long as you are believing for the scraps and you're waiting on the scraps, all you're going to get is scraps. You'll get the scraps that come from the rich man's table, stuck in the second dimension. The rich man would determine now how many scraps you get. Maybe today you'll get a bone. Maybe to have a little piece of meat on it. Woo-hoo, happy day, happy day. Maybe a pea will fall from the table. Happy day, happy day. Because remember, you're eating his scraps. 
After he feeds himself, whatever he has left over on his plate, that's what he'll give to you if you're lucky that day. But in Scripture, the rich man didn't give him anything. Are we relying on the mercy of man, on the benevolence of man to help us? Or are we relying on God, third dimension? Acts, the third chapter. Acts, the third chapter. And there's another man here, verses 1 through 9, that I want you to see. Another man who really went past the second dimension and entered into the third dimension. Verse number 1 of Acts, the third chapter, reads like this. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Stop for a moment. Let me read this to you. Read those two verses, or rather verse 2. Let me read verse 2 for you out of the Amplified Bible because I love the way it reads. You need to hear this. It says, when a certain man crippled from his, uh, from his birth was being carried along, who was laid each day at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, so that he might beg for charitable gifts from those who entered the temple. He was born crippled. His legs, or rather his feet and his ankles, didn't work right. He had feet. He had ankles. But he just couldn't walk. They wouldn't work right. The Bible says that he was crippled or that he was lame. Or we could say that his uh, feet and ankles were deformed or were malformed from the belly, from his mother's womb. So there were defects in his life, in his life, before he was born. He was born defective. In the womb, he was defective. Or we can say, during his formative years, he had a defection. He was defective. No one could straighten him out. No one could give him strength. He was born with a defect. The deck was already stacked against him. Even in his young years, when he was born as a baby, no one could help him. As an adolescent, no one could help him. As a teenager, no one could help him. As, a, as in his adult years, no one could help him with his defect, this thing that he was born with. And the only thing that he could do, now, obviously his mouth was working, his hands was work, were working, he was mentally sharp and attuned, and he was in, listen, he was uh, begging at a prime place. He had prime real estate, let me tell you. I'm sure everyone around town wanted to be at the gate of the church. You see, because at the gates of the church, people would at least give to you to at least make themselves look good in front of somebody else. Other people would give to you because they may have felt sorry for you. Are you with me? 
So this was prime begging property. And if you had to beg somewhere, hey, let's beg at the doors of the church. Let's beg at the gate called beautiful. It's a beautiful place. It doesn't smell. It doesn't stink. The people aren't rude. They're all at least pretending to love each other and to love you. This is prime begging property. And I'm sure if someone else wanted to get your spot, you probably had to die out. Because this was prime begging property. This was not by the fish market. This was not by the bar. This was not uh, by the saloon. No, this was prime property. You can make a living right here. And every day he did. They laid him every day. Each day, Monday, they laid him there. They came back and got him at the end of the day, took him back. Tuesday, same thing. Laid him there, came back Tuesday evening, picked him up. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and all over again the next week, every single day, he made a living begging. Prime property, good location. Stuck in a second dimension. All people could do was sustain him where he was until Peter and John came along carrying the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me, everybody? This man had a, had a defect from birth. He had something, but it just did not work. Now look at verse 3 again. Who sing Peter and John... About to enter into the temple, asked alms, asking all, and and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, or, or upon him with John, said, "Look on us." Now, let me tell you right now, Peter. His name means rock, strength, rock. John means Jehovah gives grace, or Jehovah is gracious. So you see, strength. And grace is about to empower a man that has a defect. You're going to see that. It is strength and grace that will call you up to the next dimension, to the third dimension. And so Peter and John, or strength and grace, look at him. And they say to him, look on us. Look at us. Look at God's strength. Look at God's grace. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, rather such as I have, give I to thee, give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. Now my soldiers in the army of light knows what right hand means. That's the position of honor. He honored him. Strength and grace honored this man. The right side is honor. When a man walks with his wife, I walk with my wife on my right side. I honor her. If we're walking down the street, I'll be on the side that's closest to the traffic flow and she'll be on the side that's closest to safety. So if something happens, if someone were to splash up mud, it'll get on me, but not on her. I can push her way to safety. When you go and shake someone's hand, you give them your right hand. If you're in the military and you salute, you salute with your right hand. In the days of old, the, the knights, when they would greet each other before battle, they would take up their shield, take up their mask, so, so to reveal their face to their enemy, and then they would raise their right hand and let them know that I come in peace. The right side 
is a position of honor. And if you go up to heaven, and many of you, I pray all of you will go to heaven, you'll see the Lord Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of God the Father, the position of honor. So when strength and grace pick this man up by the right hand, it was saying, I honor you. I honor you. I honor you. This man that had no honor, he was a beggar. Nobody honored him. Everybody looked down on him quite physically and literally. They looked down on him every day. And you develop a certain mentality and low self-esteem as people always looking down on you, thinking down on you. And then here are these two men, James and John, strength and grace that comes to him in the name of Jesus Christ and honors him and picks him up. And the Bible says that immediately his feet and ankles receive strength. Immediately he entered into the third dimension of grace. This miracle was given to him not by his own labor, not by his own merit, but it was a grace of God, the free favors of God. God was honoring him and he stood up and began to leap and jump in the third dimension of grace. Now he could provide for himself. Now he could provide for his family. Now he could be useful in society. Now he was no longer a, a, a useless person, a nuisance in the community. Now he could really glorify the Lord as he entered into the third dimension of grace. Now we said all that to get right here because there are many of us that were deformed from our mother's womb. Yours may not be physical, but you may have some mental deformities. You may have some emotional deformities. You may have temper deformities. Normally, you should be able to take something. Seems like everybody else, but with you, you just fly off the handle. Or maybe you just cry at the drop of a hat. There's something wrong. When someone pretty walks by, we should just say, oh, she's nice. But your eyes remain over there way too long. There's a deformity. There is a defect. Something's there. Maybe there's a defect as it relates to alcohol or, or to drugs. These substances have more power over you than you will allow God to have. There is a defect. Maybe that there is fear that grips your heart and it does not allow you to walk in the third dimension. There is a defect given to you at birth or it didn't form. The, all the elements were there, but they just did not form correctly. And it followed you up into adulthood. And there you are begging for scraps and hoping people will be benevolent to you, hoping that they will give to you because you're trying to do what is right. You're living your living life the best way uh, that you can. The cards were stacked against you. You don't know what to do. But I'm telling you today, by the power of Jesus Christ, that God's strength and God's grace is here. God's ready to honor you, to pull you up to the next level to the third level of grace to the third dimension of grace God will show you a plan because they said look on us in other words look away from your condition God's going to show you something else he wants to show you a new picture you've seen all these things before but now it's time to see something new God said look on us look away 
from what you've been looking at. Look away from the bills. Look away from the struggle. And look unto me. Look unto the hills from which comes your help. Your help comes from the Lord. God says, look on us. Look at me. Gaze at me. Glance at me. Study me because my strength and my grace is ready to honor you. Now all you've got to do is fix it up in your heart. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. He tells me that I can get up, then I'm going to get up. And, and, and because of that, I'm going to say goodbye to this low living and this sight walking and this faithless giving. And I'm going to rise to a place where I can sow bountifully. I can give bountifully. I can forgive my fellow man. I can love those that hate me. I can bless those that curse me. I can pray for those that despitefully uses me because I walk in a third dimension of grace. And now when I speak, I'll speak with boldness, power, and conviction. I don't have to preach somebody else's sermon on the internet. I don't have to preach out of a book, but I can actually hear the voice of God and tell his people what the Lord has to say. It's time for us to walk in the third dimension of grace. God does not want you to just beg for scraps. He says, I'm your father, and it's time for us to stand up as sons and daughters of God and take your rightful place at the table. You can ask now. And he said, whatever you ask, I'll give it to you because you know my name. He said, if you ask in accordance to my will, I'll do it for you. He says, I'll honor you. I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your, your adversary. All the Lord wants us to do is stand step out, then step up, and then step in to the third dimension. I'm telling you that the door is open. The door is open. The door is open. And the Father extends a hand of mercy. He extends a hand to honor you and to pull you up to the third dimension. There is a third dimension of grace. We're not meant just to have just enough. We're not meant just to barely make it by. We're not meant just to get table scraps. The, dog, the, the children's bread belongs to the children. We're not dogs. We're not aliens or, or strangers to the commonwealth of God. We don't have to beg. And when we ask of God the Holy Spirit, he won't give us a stone or a serpent. He will give you his spirit. It's time for you to rise up and boldly declare who the Father is. Boldly declare what he said and walk into your inheritance. It's time now for us to step out, for us to step up and step in to the third dimension of grace. The angels of God are present. They're ready to usher you in to this next level. And I'm telling you right now, the third level, when the third level is revealed and it is being revealed right now at this very moment, the third level of grace to all those that have an ear to hear. There will be those that will operate legally in the third dimension of grace. Legally, legally sitting at the table and dining at the supper. But then there will be others who will come up with your coattails trying to, trying to follow you in, not having done what you have done, not having received what you have received. They'll just want to be around you, just want to hang around you that they may leech off of you. It is the Lord that comes to the person and says, friend, how did you get in here to the third dimension of grace? Friend, you did not prepare yourself with the things that I have provided for you. You get out of the third dimension of grace. You get out and cast in the Bible says cast him into outer darkness that is outside the wedding outside of the place of washing the church back outside to the streets 
back outside where you came from out of darkness. Back out to the highways and byways because you came in here as a thief and a robber. You didn't come up the right way. And I'm telling you, we've entered the time and the dimension that God will that God will begin to avenge His people. The Lord said, "Vengeance is mine," say the Lord, "I will repay." There are many of you that held back vengeance. There are many of you that held back your hand. You could have said something. You could have done something, but you said, "No, I'm not going to say anything." But now we've entered the time in the third dimension of grace where God fights your battles, where He tells you, "Stand still." Now you've taken enough. You've done enough. Stand still and let daddy come in let the father come in he said i will fight your battles if you just be still that's the third dimension of grace where the lord fights our battles the lord enters into us the lord provides for us supernaturally we enter into his labors we we begin to drink from fountains or, or wells that we didn't dig we begin to live in houses that we did not buy we begin to eat from crops that we did not plant that is the third dimension of grace and as surely as he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as surely as he's the one that gives increase, we have entered into the third dimension of grace, of sweatless victory, of we've entered into the labors of Christ Jesus. Now all we have to do is receive what he has done. Now I'm telling you right now, as soon as the word is spoken, there will come Satan that will come to pervert the word that was spoken. There will come an enemy who will come like a crow, like a bird, and want to devour the seed no sooner than it's put into the ground. I would urge you, don't allow the enemy to influence you to the contrary. Because God has spoken a thing, and it shall surely come to pass. The first thing that they're going to do is tell you that it's going to require more work on your behalf. When works will not get you into the kingdom, it is by grace that we are saved and not by works. We must believe for the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus and hear the voice of God as he summons you up into the third dimension of grace. In this dimension, you will hear the voice of the Spirit of God because those that are the sons of God will be led by the Spirit of God. And the Lord will lead you to where you must go. But do not allow the enemy to dissuade you because no sooner than it is spoken, here comes the enemy to snatch away the seed that was said. He will try to convince you that it's going to take more work on your behalf. But you have worked now, some of you, for 40 and 50 and 60 years. You have toiled and labored to try to get yourself out of burdens and, and sin and bondages. And you now find that it is love that has the power to lift you up. It is the love of God, not by your labors, least any man should boast. It is a free gift of God the Father bestows upon you now. And he welcomes you. To the third dimension of grace. You see, because you have come into the door and you have sat down at the lower end of the table, second dimension. And now the host says, come up higher, third dimension. Come up higher. But some, the Lord Jesus teaches, he says, when you go into someone's house, when they bid you to a wedding or to some type of formal event, he said, don't go up to the chief places. Don't sit at the chief seats or in the chief rooms. At least someone more honorable than you come in and the host tells you give room to this one and you have shame or dishonor as you go back down. See that someone who skipped the second dimension one go all the way to the third. 
Well, the Lord said, when you go, you want, you go in, you're invited. That's first dimension. You go and sit down at the lowly place at the lower end of the table. Go sit in the back. Second dimension. And you serve there in the second dimension. And then allow the host to call you up to the chief place, third dimension. And he said, when, you, when that happens, you'll have honor with everybody in the room. Because everybody say, well, who is he? Who is she that gets to be called up to there? It's me. Then you can go and take your victory lap. Praise the Lord. How you like me now? Thank you. When you're called up to be honored, you can receive the honor because it is the Lord that is honoring you. It is the Lord that is honoring you. So today I pray that you will hear the voice of God and that you will step up to your role as sons and daughters of God because all creation has been waiting on your manifestation. Waiting for you to man up or woman up. Waiting for you just to show up and stop begging and declare your rights. Declare your rights and privileges as a son of God. Because God has opened today the third dimension of grace. This dimension you cannot labor for. You cannot work for it. You cannot pray for it. You cannot fast for it. This dimension God calls you into. But how can you believe for something in, in which you have not heard? And how can you hear without a preacher? And I'm telling you today that this is a word from heaven. This is what the Father's declaring. It's time for you to enter into the rest of God and see the supernatural. Where you've heard the word of God today, we are done in Jesus' name. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.